Welcome back to the Barefoot Puncher. I'm your host as always, the Mug, your co-host, the Pope. The Mother is with us as well, and Statsman is here. And of course, we take our inspiration from the Barefoot Investor, but instead of giving you investment advice, we're here to give you a bit of betting advice on the 2023 AFL and NRL season. And it's a big welcome back to the program, to the Pope. Thanks for having me, Mug. It's always a pleasure to be around happy people and you are exuberant tonight. Big two days for you that you've had. You're certainly one of the few people happy to see Lockie Neal win the Brownlow and also the piece of resistance, your man Dan resigning today. So big couple of days for you. Um, obviously benefits you in the long term. Just quick one, Dan's legacy. How do you see it? Dan's legacy, I think... Corruption, uh, debt, murder, and a trail oh. of mental illness that will uh, plague this state for years to come, Pope. Uh, just to just to wrap it up, it's a big welcome back to the program to the modeler. Well, it's good to be here. Uh, yeah, a bit thrown by that one. Don't really have much to talk about at the moment. You look stressed. You look stressed, stress, modeler. <laughs> I'm um, uh, quite composed now. Yeah, I'll pass back to you, Mark. <laughs> That's me. What about the outcry on Twitter about Brownlow results? It's like um, this is the first time where maybe an expected uh, Brownlow winner or maybe an expected three voter didn't get three votes or someone got three votes when they shouldn't have. It's like this has happened for the first time. Can you inform the listeners? Yeah, I I read something um pretty interesting today, which was that after the uh the controversy last year with the leaked votes, that the AFL have really cracked down on umpires looking at stats this year. Um, so banning phones where they might have had a little cheeky look in the past and and things like that. The emergency umpire might have had a look uh, previously, and and there's no emergency umpire anymore with four field umpires. So. Uh, a couple of things there that maybe have uh, skewed the votes to be, and I think um, I also saw that it was the least correlated with coaches' votes um, in a long time, if ever. So, yeah, there's probably just cause for some of the outcry, but admittedly, like you said, this has happened in the past and um, maybe it's just come to a head this year. And, uh, and mate, I... I... So this year, the the umpires didn't get a chance to look at the stats because I know in years gone by that has happened. Yeah, so they they're completely um, they're probably the first year in at least a long time where they've had no access to stats. And did we know that as a public before the count? Like I, th- I think That's- officially officially they haven't been allowed to access stats ever, but right. it was it was cheekily done. Whereas now they're cracked down on it fully. Okay. And because, I mean, that's pretty important information for the punters to know if they're not looking at stats. Uh, I I must admit, I wasn't aware of that before uh, this year's Brownlow. So maybe that was remiss of, of me. But um, yeah, I, I, I didn't know that. So, but, um, but look, I think, you know, you go back to, uh, you know, probably the most famous one that I recall is that, you know, the Greg Williams one that often gets brought up about Wangadine winning that year and, you know, 40 odd possessions and and didn't get the votes and and Wangadine wins the medal. I mean, this sort of thing has been happening for a fair while. Dane Swan, I think the year Juddy won it was was a bit stiff as well. So look, it's it's definitely happened before. And 
you know, that's about uh, picking the value in the Brownlow. And Statsman, big congratulations to you, mate, uh, because that's exactly what you did. You picked the value and uh, you were on, Neil. Uh, so congrats, mate. Well done. And uh, maybe just quickly, uh, do you want to just run us through uh, how the rest of some of it went for you? Yeah, uh, it's a good result for the guests at our barbecue. The grand final day coming up, we've gone from offcuts from the butcher to maybe a bit of eye fillet and, uh, you know, being able to put something decent on the table. But, yeah, apart from Neil, Neil was the main one. Uh, we had that green Cameron uh, double as well, um, which we were pretty keen on, and that got up. Looked a bit shaky for a while, to be honest. I think Danger was ahead of Cameron, and I well, wasn't too confident. And even Toby Green didn't look like he was going to win. But, yeah, both got home in the end. Uh, otherwise, yeah, it was, it was sort of hit and miss with all the rest. I think they chopped out. But, um, but yeah, great night with the Lockie Neal result. Yeah, no, awesome, mate. Uh, really well done. So, boys, I guess while we're on the topic, let's go back, have a quick chat about the weekend's results because um, there was some huge games of prelim football happening across the weekend and um, and we were betting on it. Um, so let's maybe get some reflections from you guys on what you saw over the weekend, how you went on your betting, and, um, and then we can get in and talk all about it um, for the big games uh, this coming weekend and the ensuing uh, side bets around some of the different medals and props and so forth. So looking forward to having a chat about that. Uh, you first, Pope. What were your thoughts um, on the weekend of NRL? And, uh, and, mate, how did you go on the punt? Well, we got the grand final. We wanted Mung, that's probably the main part. Both teams highly impressive. I sort of thought one of the games might be close. In the end, that's generally been the theme of preliminary final weekend, that there is an unexpected result in there. But... Didn't really pan out the two best teams in the comp that made it to last weekend. The, the final series in itself probably been a bit disappointing when you marry up against AFL. So we drew a good one in the grand final. Hopefully we see it. But two good teams who are at the top of the game. So it should be a cracker mug, hopefully. Betting, I was a bit confounded how to play last weekend and it sort of panned out all right for me. So I ended up at second half, 13 plus in both games. And at your behest, so you deserve a lot of credit for this, was malting up the two, which... I think depending on where you bet, you probably got about twelve dollars fifty there for thirteen plus Penrith on Friday night, thirteen plus um, Broncos on Saturday night, and that would have got you about twelve fifty. So hopefully some listeners found that um, and profit over the weekend. The only other bet I really had was unders on Friday night, and Panthers put Melbourne to cleaners, which sort of put pay to that, not by many in the end, but um, it was always sort of felt like it was tracking overs the way Penrith played. So. Hopefully that $12 winner um, fills some pockets over the weekend. Yeah, excellent, uh, Pope. Well done, mate. And um, over to you, Modler. What did you see over the weekend across both codes and um, how did your betting go, mate? Yeah, quite a one. Had nothing in the league uh, for the prelims. Had uh, both outsiders in the AFL. So GWS, I liked. Uh, they got chinned by the point, obviously. Um, would have covered if you'd happen to take the handicap. Uh, and then Carlton, I think, on the potty, I mentioned like a 60-40 split on the handicap there as well. Um, and they just covered the handicap by a couple of points. So depending on how you played it, you might have ended up in front. Um, yeah, so uh, hopefully you did. Uh, good betting uh, by yourself, Modler. I think you saw those uh, pretty well. And um, and for yourself, Statsman, I, I don't think you were doing a huge lot of betting on the core markets, but uh, just in terms of what did the eye see? Yeah, uh, the I saw a pretty a pretty um, dodgy Collingwood performance again, and I think you touched on it. Week one wasn't great. 
uh, they haven't been too impressive. So I thought um, that was a key takeout. And I thought Brisbane, you know, obliterated early. But from, from that first quarter on, they just dominated Carlton. And it was a very flattering 16-point margin in the end. It felt like a 50-point um, beating uh, to me. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, um, based on that uh, stats, man, I'll be interested to um, get your thoughts, uh, how you see the big one. Um, for myself, guys, um, I, I didn't put any bets up officially on the AFL on the uh, game results, but I did put one up, I'm pretty sure, on the over for uh, Brisbane Carlton. And um, except for about three quarters of the way through that second quarter, um, that was well beaten uh, for most of the night with uh, Carlton not really being able to score after uh, much after quarter time. So uh, that was a that was a miss uh, for myself. What did I see? Geez, I saw a GWS team that I reckon when they look back at the tape uh, will uh, rue a lot of opportunities. I was sitting up on third level of the fourth deck, stats man, and had a really good bird's eye view of what was going on. And I know the players don't have that luxury, uh, but I just felt a lot of times, particularly in that third quarter, GWS probably had lateral, had shorter options and uh, were hack kicking forward uh, to contest. And the pies were really good one-on-one and um, and were able to repel a lot of their forward thrusts. So, geez, I just think if the, if the GWS may have been able to compose themselves a little bit more, may have... Um, just may have been able to pinch that one, particularly in that third quarter. I still thought they were live going into the last quarter, GWS at odds. Um, still thought they were a real good shake and uh, and bet accordingly live, but uh, just missed it by the point, unfortunately. But, uh, but that's what I saw there. And... Uh, Jeez, I, my just record... before, before you go on, sorry, Mark, just on that game, having, you said you were there. Um, would you say like GWS were impressive or would you say Collingwood were disappointing for, for GWS to have been in that position? No, I thought I, I I didn't think uh I didn't think Collingwood were poor. Um so I thought GWS were impressive. So I, I probably don't have a, a as harsh assessment uh of them as as yourself. Um yeah, no, I thought thought GWS were good. A very hard contested uh game. What I would say, Statsman, is having been at that prelim in 2017 with the Tigers and being at that prelim with the Pies. Uh, the Pies supporters had nothing on the Tigers from that day. Um, the Pies supporters for three and a half quarters were sitting there chewing fingernails, not cheering like the Tigers were that day. So um, there was very nervous Pies supporters. Um, and with not many goals, there wasn't much to make noise about for a lot of the game. Um, and I think most of those dodgy de- decisions definitely went the Pies way. So they definitely weren't shouting about the umpiring either. So, um, yeah, I think the decibels and the... Uh, consistency of noise um, in that Tigers uh, prelim was definitely a lot bigger. That was 30, uh, 30 years of frustration will do that to you. <laughs> that's right. Um, and, uh, and boys, the Carlton uh, Brisbane game, I mean, we, we were just watching probably amazed like everyone else just going, wow, is this really happening? Five goals up in the first quarter. Is this, is this it? You know, is this, you know, as you would know, that's been not many come back from a five goal margin. Um, I think it's about, 10, 12%, would that be about right? Um, that uh, that come back from that mark in AFL football. So, um, but Brisbane steadied themselves. Um, I probably can't give a terrific analysis coming off a long lunch uh, on that game, uh, Statsman, but, uh, but I do recall Kitty Coleman uh, just abs. You know, it's interesting when you watch a game with no volume on and, um, you know, what you actually observe without the the noise of affirmation, I guess, of the commentators. And and it was very, very evident that Kitty was keeping him in it. So he was, uh, it was awesome. 
Boys, that is that. Uh, prelim finals are in the rearview mirror. We've got, um, well, I think in both codes, haven't we? We've probably got the two best and most deserving teams across uh, both um, both codes. So it all bodes well for really uh, good games. No excuses with weather. I don't think Pope Modlow, we've got good conditions up in Sydney, I would imagine, uh, this coming weekend. It is, Mug. Dry in um, New South Wales on Saturday, on Sunday, I should say. So should running, be a hard, hard and fast game. And I think we're running with 28 and sunny down here in uh, Melbourne town. So a perfect uh, day for football down here. Really looking forward to it. Uh, we'll get in and chat the uh, AFL game first, Pope, and then we'll uh, flip back uh, to yourself and Modler and talk about NRL. Um, Pope, can you guide us through the AFL and uh, we'll do our best to set it up? Well, I certainly can, Mug. Um, I won't spend too much time here straight with prices and close in betting, which is fantastic for the grand final. Collingwood, $1.74. Brisbane, $2.10. Lions, four and a half. Slightly juiced towards Brisbane, so a bit of money at topsport.com.au for the Lions. And total points is 166 and a half. Yeah, Pope. And um, look... All I can do here is uh, is just go back to my um, trusted ratings that I've been keeping all year, and um, and you know I probably just I'm, I'm maybe just knock a, just a tiny bit off the pies. You know they they probably missed expectation. You know they were ten point favorite on the weekend. They come up you know one point the difference. So I just I just knock a slight bit off their edge uh, just from a from a ratings point of view, but doesn't really change things a hell of a lot. And what I end up with, Pope, and I don't really, I, I don't make any adjustment to Brisbane's rating based on that. You know, I think the market went off at, uh, well, I, I, I was closer to 13 points, 14 points on the weekend. And I think it ended up at 16. Market was at 19. So I don't, uh, I don't alter anything there uh, from my ratings. Pope, I have them effectively rated the same. So where does that leave me? That leaves me with the factor of home ground advantage. What do you give that? I think it's worth. I'm applying eight points minimum uh, for the home ground at the MCG versus Brisbane. Um, That gets me to my eight and a half points. Markets at four and a half. Um, It's not a big bet, Pope. You know, for the reasons that Statsman's allude to, and I spoke to it last week. I wasn't coming into the pies last week, even though my numbers suggested it, just based off the fact that I didn't think the pies form is going great, but. It's got to be a bet on the pies for me, Pope. Um, happy to take the head head to head for a unit. Um, something to cheer. I'll be with the black and white this Saturday. Bit surprised to be at that, Margot. Common consensus: Brisbane might be the better team right now. So I'm a little bit surprised to see leaning factored in with what Statsman said as well that they haven't been overly impressive in their two finals this September. Well, I'm still not convinced that Brisbane have been overly impressive in their two finals, Pope. You know, like I, I wasn't overly keen on them with that performance against the Power, and um, and five goals down against the banged up Carlton in the first quarter. Like you come and do that to a Pies team at the MCG. I, I know, I know the Eagles did that, managed to still win somehow a few years ago. But um, I think if you come and do that to the Pies uh, on on Grand Final day, time this year, you might find yourself in a bit of trouble. So. Um, Again, Pope's not a, not. I'm just, you know, be just my normal stake. Like I'm, I'm not plowing into it just because it's grand final or whatever. But, um, but I'll be with the pies. Yep, strong rebuttal, Mug. I like it. Um, Mother, how are you seeing the grand final? You're going to line up somewhat here. I'm liking mm. the pies as well. Um, 
pretty much kept both teams from the prelim. Although, yeah, I've read well, Adams didn't play in the prelim, but he he's officially been ruled out now. Um, McStay drops out as well, so I've taken him out. Um, I make Collingwood just over a dollar sixty-five, so into that dollar seventy-four. That's yeah, that's enough for a bet for me. Uh, if Payne comes back in for the Lions, it might. Uh, pushing their price a smidge, but I'd probably still be happy enough to be on on the pies at this stage. Yeah, sounds like a couple of healthy edges on the black and white there. Um, as I said, a little bit surprised, but alignment for the listeners, which is fantastic for the last show of the year. Statsman, can we find the trifecta? No, uh, no, we can't. I so I personally, I think home ground advantage in a grand final is lower. Um, I, just due to the crowd primarily, um, but also the occasion. I think the atmosphere is just so strong that it kind of negates that a little bit. Like a team's not flat because they're on the road. They're up and about for a grand final. So I think, yeah, um, that with the crowd, I, I don't give it as much. I don't. I haven't been doing ratings um, lately just due to not following it as closely. So this is a little bit less scientific. But I've also found with, with my punting, sometimes that can be a refreshing way to sort of look at things and not get bogged down in what you have your ratings week on week. Um, and yeah, like we've been touching on, I just don't think the Pies have been that impressive. They just beat Melbourne, uh, who went out in straight sets and then just scraped over the line against GWS at home. Yeah, there's 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 enough there. And I just think Brisbane, like, you know, they've lost prelims, they've been in the finals, they've been up there, their profile's good. Uh, Collingwood is still on the rise. And, and probably the other factor for me is looking at the Norm Smith market, it's really shallow for Collingwood players. You've got Nick Dacos coming in and very underdone. Um, Dugowie's probably the clear standout. After that, like, there's not a lot of players who you can see winning it for Collingwood and deserving uh, a Norm Smith in doing so. Like your Tom Mitchells, Pendlebury, Sidebottom, even Crisp, none of them are playing quite at that level. And to be fair, they, they've been a you know really strong team for two years now with that same list, so you can't write them off. But um, I make this game pretty even myself. So Brisbane now at yeah, two twenty odd, I think of Betfair. Uh I've I've mainly got an outright position, but I've flipped it towards Brisbane. So uh the Lions for me. Fair enough on the betting that we're split down the middle a little bit, uh quite like that. And so I thought we'd more have a bit more of a Lions lane, but two magpies, one Lions. Uh Mug, anything else in terms of the game markers before we go to Norm Smith, total points, can you find an angle there? It's can be is a bit of your sweet spot of late? No, I not really, Pope. I mean, I, I I'm probably leaning under, uh, to be honest. Um, I know it's going to be a really uh, nice day on on Saturday, but um, but geez, the way this final series has panned out for the Pies, um, you know, I probably would lean the under, but no, no betting there for me. I don't, I don't have a really strong lean. I mean, it's going to be a really nice day. I mean, if stat if what stats been. Uh, is predicting happens, you know, you could see Brisbane skipping away in, in the, in the, um, they've got a powerful offense, you know, potentially they could put a number on them, wind the clock back 20 years, back to uh, 2003 and really dial up a number late. Um, but, um, but no betting there for me, probably leaning the under though, Pope. Yep. Mother, any player markets or anything that's piqued your interest that um, might be worth the listeners getting involved? No, nothing really at this stage. I've, I've not really dove into the player stuff uh, this year. So, yeah, rather than tip up something off the top of my head, I'll, I'll just leave that one alone. Statsman, this might be your domain. We'll save Norm Smith, but anything 
around player metrics or player disposals goals that you find attractive? I have Pope. Uh, luckily for the granny, we get Marcus up a bit earlier in the week so we can actually talk to them um, on the potty, which is nice. So the, the ones that I've backed, uh, firstly, a bit left field. I'm playing into some anytime goal scorer and uh, alternates as well. And I don't think you you could have 15 guesses here and you probably wouldn't pick it. But the first one I'm putting up is Bo McCreary from Collingwood. Uh, backing him anytime I got some $2 earlier. I think it might be into $1.80. I just think he's he's kicked goals in, I think, five of his last seven games and um, multiple shots in a few of those. I just get the feeling like it's going to be a really high-pressure game. It's going to be it's not going to be a clean mark and kick long, especially for Collingwood up forward against a strong back line. The ball's going to come to ground a lot, uh, and I just see him as being the kind of player who I think is going to kick a goal. Uh, I'm not as confident that he kicks two or three, but I'll still play some small stakes into those at five fifty, I think it was, and seventeen dollars, um, respectively. So that was the first one, and then the second one for goals I like is Dane Zorko. Anytime goal at tab is four dollars, uh, just to kick one. He's obviously playing a bit more midfield um, than he has in previous years, but he's still kicking goals um, frequently enough. And also a bit of two plus at fifteen dollars. Um, I think he will be the kind of player who rises to the occasion. You know, former captain and um, just yeah. I, th- I think I don't I don't like him. <laughs> I really don't like him. But uh, I do think he will live for a game like this. So uh, they're the ones for goals. And then I also have a couple of disposals. Um, there's no lines or anything out yet, but I will be playing into some groups. Zorko again in group two. Um, on the weekend, he was huge in that first half. He, I think, had 15 disposals or he was close to the top. Uh, and now he's in group two. He's $7. Um, I just think, yeah, for the same reason, uh, Lockie Neal might be a little bit um, underdone or tagged or, or similar. Zorko was in a lot of center bounces last week. So I think, yeah, $7 in group two. It's a pretty shallow group as well. you got Pendles and Crisp, uh, I think, are the two favorites their ceiling is sort of 25 generally. So it's not a huge number to win. Uh, and then in group one, I really like to go here. Uh, $8 he is. He had 34 last week. I see him playing the same role again. Um, and he just, he's got a bit of dusty about him for me. He's a finals built player. It's a grand final. They're not going to put him up forward or anything. They're going to keep him in the guts and he's going to, he's going to go all out. I think he's the kind of player who home and away might bore him a little bit. Like we see with Dusty where he wasn't the same player home and away as he was in finals. I think there's a bit of to go in that too. So uh, in a, again, in a game with not too many super high ball winners, uh, to at eight bucks is a bet for me there as well. Like it, like it a lot. Uh, stats, man. Hopefully he doesn't spend the last 10 minutes on the bench. On Saturday too, just for that bet. Um, just one quick Norm Smith one at this stage. What you said about Zorko, does that bring me to Norm Smith contention with the way you've outlined his goals and disposals there? Yep. Uh, I don't know, yeah, if we want to do a full Norm Smith now, but I do like him in the Norm. Yep. No, we'll, we'll, we'll hold there. We'll tease that for a little bit later, Statsman. Uh, Monk, is, have you seen anything on the player props that tickle your fancy? Oh, I haven't. Um, maybe one of the things, though, when you're looking at those lines, I, it's been a lot of games this year where the pies have had really low disposal. So I don't know if your model um, has been spitting that out, uh, Statsman. Um, you know, there, there might be a, a a large group of players that you could potentially multi on an under, particularly, uh, uh, again, Statsman, you could probably talk to this. The weight of money coming for disposals, 
on a grand final day uh, will be strong, I'd imagine. Uh, there'll be a lot of people pressing buttons and um, and whether that does shift a couple of these that maybe up by a point or even some dollar terms might just push it up just a couple of cents or something like that to create some value on the under, particularly for some of those pies players. Yeah, I think it's a good shout, Mark. I've traditionally done a lot better uh, in finals betting on disposals, not always on unders, but uh, yeah, I, I've, I've actually looked at the data and I don't think there is a, sh- a dramatic shift in total disposals, but whether it just gets spread a bit more amongst the players who aren't in the markets or something, but yeah, you do tend to do pretty well. Uh, betting on the, especially like your Lockie Whitfield, we saw um, not, not go as high against Collingwood, which I sort of spoke to. Like there's, you can pick the angle sometimes of players who will get less of the ball in a, in a final for sure. Yeah, maybe maybe some of those um, backmen potentially that or those those ones that you get that chip a chip a chip, you know, like it's a bit more, you know, not as much of that happening uh, in these big games when the heat is on, the pressure's on, the crowd's yelling at every possession. Um, you know, it's a bit more down the line, isn't it? Or can be a bit more down the line, and and as opposed to that chip chip. For sure, and Nick Dacos is probably one if a decent line goes up for him around thirty. Uh, you know, he so many reasons coming back from injury that if he's flying, they're going to put time into him and he's not going to get the easy chips that he might usually. So um, yeah, probably a good example there. Good content, fellas. Good, good content on the player disposals. Um, I think we might dive into Norm, Monk, if we're probably happy. Uh, also all our, all our other markets here. Yeah, mate, happy to do that. And um, look, mm. I, I'll let the stats man go because the stats man, this is his bread and butter, uh, this sort of stuff. Um, Gould, I think, by uh, logical in the in these dark arts uh, stats man. So uh, we might hear the ghost of him coming out here. But, um, but mate, what have you got here for Normie? I know you put a, a fair bit into this one. Um, what, what spits out? What say you? Funny you say, I was actually uh, unpacking the norm with logical today, uh, Mug, and he did mention uh, get the mug to reply about the uh, surf trip that you know <laughs> happy to chat on uh, chat on the podcast but won't get back to him about the surf trip so uh, make sure you get on that um, based on based on what we heard about mugs weekend uh, stats man that might be a bit of a reason the reason he's been had a bit of a dusty couple of days can't, can't stomach the idea of another trip <laughs> um, but yeah so logical and I did discuss the norm and um, yeah probably strengthen some, some of these views. So I will talk to him. Uh, Dugowie, firstly, is my top pick. I think Dacos is a false favourite here, coming back from injury. The type of player he is, like, don't get me wrong, he's a gun, but I don't know in a grand final, is he, he he's priced as dusty, essentially. Like, he's in for nearly 50% of their um, price. And, yeah, he's not he's not at that level just yet um, in, a, in a, such a big game. So... Yeah, happy to take him on. If you want to be, if you're a lay punter, I think you could be laying him on Betfair. Personally, um, you're essentially backing a dollar twenty, dollar twenty-five if you're doing that. So uh, it's up to you with your risk profile. But otherwise, I'd be backing to Goey at six eighty. I got um, just wait for some liquidity on Betfair. It'll pop up, and you can get about that six eighty, which I think is a bet. And then we'll go wide for the rest. Uh, so I think we spoke to this game is pretty, pretty um, shallow at the top. So if you look at like Lockie Neal for Brisbane's the standout, but he's not flying at the moment. After him, I think it's Dunkley and McCluggage who they're not they're not uh, locks, they're not clear standouts. I don't think they can play the big game, but yeah, they're not a. Uh, it's not like one of them has to fire for Brisbane to go well. 
So it's that next line of betting where I'm looking. I think Coleman, uh, for me, 46, I've still got him as a bet there. Uh, I think, yeah, we saw in the prelim, he tore it apart um, and kept Brisbane in it. I just, it, it's a bit of a gamble because, you know, it's one game, but he's a good player and maybe he takes that into this game. Dane Zorko, as you touched on, Pope, uh, $55 on Betfair at the moment. Definitely a bet there for me. I thought, um, yeah, in that first half last week, he was probably close to best on, which, uh, you know, for a $55 shot, who just best on the half in a prelim, all about that. And then uh, at some really big odds, there's a few um, Mason Cox I want to be with. He, he got three votes in a game this year. We saw what he did to Richmond in 2018 in the prelim. That's two two best ons. There might be others uh, that I've forgotten, but two best ons over five years, probably 100 games. That's a 50 to one shot based on a very simple logic there. Uh, and you're getting 150 to one. I just do think like if he kicks three goals or something and maybe nullifies McInerney because of the shallowness at the top, uh, I do think there's a there's a chance for these uh, outsiders this year, and for the same reason, Darcy Cameron. I'm having a really small bet at two or three hundred to one on bet pair, um, just hoping that they kick a few goals. But yeah, they're very small stakes at big odds. Can't really go wrong there. Uh, I think I missed as well. Harris Andrews was the other one. He's at about forty on bet pair. He was again really big last week, and I think um, Collingwood's forward line isn't great. He's probably going to play that role on Cameron or Cox when they're forward, so it can go one of two ways. I think he can dominate them and really, really dominate the game, or if they can nullify him and kick a few goals, then the voters might look favourably on that. So you're sort of betting on the matchup a little bit there and hoping it goes really one way, um, and yeah, and I think it could. So they're the main ones. I think also Maynard, I had a small bet on at about in, in the low hundreds on Betfair as well. Not a huge angle, but I think he'll get the job on Cameron and the commentators tend to love that role. And if he really dominates him, uh, there is a chance. Again, it's big odds. I don't think he wins it, but in a pretty shallow field, happy to have a go. Um, and yeah, that was the lot. Nice. Fantastic, fantastic stats, man. Superb. Just um, you've you've outlined it in depth there. What is the standout feature like? Are you looking for a player that um, is going to catch you all? You mentioned Mason Cox. Like he, if he does a few things well, he's going to be prominent, isn't he? Like is it is it eye catching performance as opposed to your Tom Mitchell type? Yeah, I think exactly right. And Tom Mitchell, probably not the best example because I think his impact's fairly low, but someone like Josh Dunkley, who has really big impact but doesn't catch the eye and doesn't really have a narrative attached to him, I, I think he'll have to do a lot to win it. Um, whereas, yeah, as you said, Mason Cox kicks three goals and, and stops Harris Andrews intercepting. He is going to get a huge... Um, look at what happened when he kicked a few goals in the prelim against Richmond. They were all over him. And I think the other one's Dugowie, uh for me there too. Like the way the commentators were banging on about him last week, um, early in the first quarter, they were saying how dominant he's been because he had two center clearances. Like they're, they're pretty quick onto him as well. So definitely looking for players because it's a media award. Anywhere, any player that the media love to hype, um, you definitely want to favor them. Um, and yeah, probably avoid those workhorse players who just get it done. Tom Mitchell and... Um, Josh Dunkley types who will probably need to do quite a lot to to win it. Yeah, like a very thorough statesman as you always are with your player awards. Um, Mug, anything else we want to touch on here with AFL? Yeah, probably the only other one that um, that came to my mind that Statsman probably didn't cover there. I, I I don't know if you mentioned Jack Crisp 
um, stats, man. Um, I just think in this one, you know, if it's a similar sort of game, um, you know, these low scoring ones, he's dash and carry. Um, you know, I remember the Burgon boys off half back in that uh, 04 um, grand final, you know, just that dash and carry through the middle, the willingness to take the, the tight game on that, that could be, you know, I think you spoke to Kitty Coleman for probably similar reasons. Um, I, I, I don't mind that idea as well. Um, just, just thrown in and, you know, he's de- getting a decent price there out, out at the fair. I think we're talking, you know, 27s, 30s around that number. So again, Pope, you don't have to have a big number on some of these guys to, um, you know, have a keen interest in some of these players that are, that I think are good. Um, as a, um, I know Statsman uh, poo-pooed Mitchell there a little bit, but um, geez, he can find the footy sometimes like uh, no one else. You know, he's, he's one of those guys that can get a lot of it and um, we can get a bit stat hungry and, and stat aware in these grand finals. I'm sure you hear the commentators talk to you about stats all day long in these, in these finals. Um, so I don't know. And, um, and then probably, probably the only other one, like Adams is a huge number. I know he's coming off in- injury, but um you know he's he's a tough nut, and uh, if they if he gets any midfield time at all, um, you know you only have not it's ninety bucks, Pope. You know just maybe have a tenner or something like that. Um, you don't have Was to. Was that Adams? You, you said, yeah. yeah, he's he's been ruled out. Oh, has he? Okay, yeah, so today. Okay, so they've still got his name up on the uh, on the list. Okay, so he's uh, he's gone. So I thought he might have been a spec, but. Uh, but leave that one out. Um, so yeah, probably crisp. I was uh, quite keen on there. Pope and um, and then yeah, just Mitchell. I know Statsman didn't didn't rate it, but just for his pure ball winning ability in contest, which I think which is the, where this game is going to live. Um, I don't mind that. And to be fair, I've got Mitchell very small value at current prices, mug. So I've I, I price up the whole book. I might just give a quick insight uh, for the listeners as well. On a good way to price the norm, Logical taught me this one, and um, it works well because we're all biased and we look at a market and we find bets that we like um, to the eye. But unless you go and price your own market to 100%, no margin, a lot of the time you'll find out to try and get every player into that market, you have to push prices out and realize that what you thought was a bet wasn't a bet. Um, and so the way to price the norm that that I do and Logical did and still does is take every player from each team. Um, and do each team separately and you price it to 100%. And the way you do that is you split the percentage between each player. Uh, so for example, I've got uh, Jordan Dugowie in for about 30% of Collingwood's um, best on grounds. So if they win, he's a 30% chance of getting the Norm Smith. And then you multiply that uh, 30% by their percentage chance of winning. And that gives you the percentage chance of him winning the Norm. When you do all that, you get a 44 prices and then you can compare those to the market and find out where you have value it's a much better system than just sort of looking at it taking a taking a stab and going oh that looks like a bet to me um and you sort of find out that yeah your edges might not be where you think they were so highly worthwhile that it's not just on the norm you really should do that any bet you ever have um but i'm guilty you you don't put that effort into every market but um but ideally you should Fantastic Statsman. Well, uh, you heard it there, listeners. So so I think Statsman, your keenest one is to goey and uh and I know that's definitely the ghost of logical talking. And I think in these last probably 10 years of, of betting, and it's and a bit skewed by Dusty, we have seen these stars win these uh normies probably more often than not, uh Statsman. Yeah, I think so. Um and like we said, in, in a game like this, if Collingwood win, 
can they win if Dacos or Dugowie don't fire? Like, it's it's going to be tough. And if they fire, do they not win the norm? So, yeah, there's a lot to weigh up with this, and that's why it's so fun to bet on. But, um, yeah, Dugowie for me, for sure. Very good. Awesome, mate. Well, that's uh, that's comprehensive. And uh, that's uh, AFL chat, I think, done uh, for 2023. Uh, but um, Pope, Mother, let's uh, – or did we – did we? yeah, we got all Mother's uh, views on the uh, on the games, didn't we? Let's uh, – it was just so long ago, I've, uh, I've forgotten. We, we better move over to NRL right away uh, and get on to it. So, boys, we've got the big one. We've got the one that we were looking for. And uh, it's uh, Penrith who – you know, for this second half of the year, I've been completely dominant. And uh, Broncos have been pretty strong all year, to be fair. Um, Penrith Panthers, $1.59. The Broncos, $2.36. We're talking three and a half. A little bit of favoritism in that line towards the Panthers, uh, Pope. Pope, who do we want to be with on Sunday night? Tricky one, Mug. The prices, I think, is roughly about right. Like, I think the market's pretty spot on here. The way I've looked at this, analysing it, again, these big games, if you go through the two teams and come up with a composite, right now, I don't think there's a hell of a lot between them. Like you could, It's really tough. There's a lot of 50-50 decisions to make. That leads you to probably a split pretty much down the middle. Like that's where Broncos are at, which is highly impressive to say that when they're going up with a team that's played in four grand finals in a row. As a result, I'll end Brisbane. The advantage Penrith have at a core they have something, but I don't think it's worth, say, that three and a half, which the line is now. As Statsman touched on with the AFL Grand Final, I don't think the travel is such a factor here. It's it's probably more that Penrith have the experience on this night. The last three years is, is a greater factor compared to the fact that Brisbane's travelling to Sydney. So I probably can't get this to three and a half. The market has it, 236 head-to-head. I think it's an attractive bet the Style that Brisbane play, if they do it to a high standard, I think can travel Penrith. So this is the perfect matchup for the grand final and just at the price a little bit, take the outsider here. Very nice, uh, Pope. And uh, you're just playing there on the head-to-head, I take it, Pope? Yeah, I think we're pretty tight. I, I do. If Brisbane, in, in some ways, this is on Brisbane's racket, I think. Like if they play to their optimal standard, they're right in this. They could shit the bed. And Penrith win this easily. I think this is largely how Brisbane play. And if it all sticks for them, then they're, they're right in this game. So I think head to head, but I can't see them. I couldn't tip up 13 plus, I guess, or anything like that, Mug. I think if um, Brisbane are close, or, or Brisbane are on, this is going to be a pretty close affair. Yep. Okay. All right. So Pope is with the Bronx uh, there. Modla, for one last time, can we line up? No, I've got to finish off the season opposing each other here. We've lined up quite a bit this this year, both of myself. But um, yeah, going to lump for the Panthers here. I've got them a um, dollar fifty two ish. So into that, oh, it's dollar fifty nine now. So just trimmed in a cent this afternoon. But still liking, uh, still liking the Panthers um, at that price. I don't think either team's made any changes from last week either. So they'll run out one to seventeen as they have for the last few weeks now. Um, so no. Big surprises. Um, yeah, and I, uh, what's that three and a half line? I kind of play it as you see fit. It's, it's not a huge line to start with, but um, yeah, uh, however you play it, I'm liking the Panthers. Um, don't have a huge home brand advantage for them at a call as it stands anyway. Um, uh, so yeah, that's not really baked into this price at all. So 
all said and done, yeah, happy with Penrith uh, in the granny. Nice, Bondla. And I know your model probably can't take into account the degree of how someone is injured or not injured, but how did you see Luai's performance uh, on the weekend and, and how's he travelling? Yeah, he seems to be going okay. Um, like I, I, I'd be the first to have a knock on him, especially as a blue supporter, but um, travelling traveling okay. Um, yeah, he's still, still, you know, rated fairly well through the model. So, um, yeah, happy, happy with with how he's going and how he'll partner with um, Cleary this week. Nice. Okay. And uh, so, boys, I guess uh, a little bit of opposition there coming into the last one. Um, so the uh, the listeners will have to decide who they want to side with uh, in the big one. Um, but I know there's, you know, like in the AFL, there's plenty that sits around uh, the grand final. Um, plenty of props, plenty of uh, any times. Uh, Clive Churchill, of course. Um, Pope, I think you've got some uh, views um, the the great Brian Tottall debate uh, as a winger can he uh, can he score some try or can he win the Clive and score score some tries and win the Clive I, I'm not too sure but Pope tell us all about it what have you got for us Yeah I'll start with the player props Muggins is starting point and then we might finish with Clive but first one Jesse Arthur's 14 bucks first try scorer so Brisbane um with Brisbane head to head and if Brisbane are to win they need to start strongly here. Jesse's the left winger, and I think he's just a bit over the odds here. They've probably the market skewed him towards the other side, so Cobo. But Isaac Tao uh, is the right centre for Penrith, and he was exposed a little bit last week early when when Melbourne was sort of somewhat competitive in that game. He was the one that they targeted, and come back from injury, they found some. They found a little bit of love around him. So the left winger, which is Tao's side. I'm going to go with him. He scored last week. I just think $14 for a winger for first try score is just a big price. So Jesse Arthur's at $14 is my first player prop bet mug. All right. We love that one to get us going, Pope. Thank you. Where are we going now? We'll go to any time. And I don't usually play in this space, the short prices here, but Senua Taruva is the left winger for Penrith. Uh, $2.50 just it seems like a very juicy price to me. Again, they've probably skewed more the other side, but he's a try scorer on that side. And Broncos defensively can be weak there that Katoni Staggs and Selwyn Cobo can charge up out of line. And I think that will give a chance there. And just at, at $2.50 for the three-and-a-half-point favourite, I think he's well worth a bet there. So $2.50 for Taruva is the first bet. And at a bigger price, and I think topsport.com.au has largely got this market right here, but... Jordan Ricky, right back rower for Brisbane at $4.70 or so. I think he's a juicy price. He's a little bit of a try scorer. Um, that's, again, a, a, there's a little bit of defensive, won't say frailty because they're a defensive juggernaut for Penrith, but Luai can be targeted. He's come back from injury, and I think if Brisbane get it right, they might have a bit of bit of love around Luai as well. That's where Reese Walsh plays in terms of where he does his ball playing. Ricky coming off East Walsh, I think at that big price of 470, he's worth a little bit of investment on Sunday night. Yeah, and uh, I think we've just ticked out to 490 on topsport.com. Uh, hope so, a little bit extra there for uh, for the listeners as well. Okay, so we've got the first try scorer, Je- Je- Jesse Arthurs. We've got uh, Ter- Teruvna. I, th- I don't know if I'm getting that right, Pope. Uh, or t- t- you're not far. You're not far away, Mug. T- Turuva, uh, Sanuai, Sania Turuva. I think <laughs> we got we got further away as we went there. <laughs> and uh, and uh, gee, you're taking me back to set. Uh, Jordan, 
Jordan, Ricky, um, as uh, as the end time uh, for the boys there uh, for the Broncos at four ninety. Uh, very nice, Pope. Uh, what else, mate? Yeah, we'll go. We'll just we'll go in SGM. Just a three-legged SGM. Unfortunately for you, I've got Taruva in this as well, Mug. So we'll start with him, Taruva. Taruva, Liam Martin, bit of a try score in the final series at a price, so that will bump this up. And also Jesse Arthur. So a little three-legger there. We'll get you about $23 and two wingers in there. I think uh, we'll pay to find out on that one. So Liam Martin's given the value, finding the line throughout this final series. And I think, again, they're going that way. He's hitting holes. He's well worth having as part of this SGM. So three-leg, Martin Taruva, Arthur's $23. Excellent. Uh, Pope, absolutely love that one. Are we ready to talk some Clive? Let's do it. All right, my man. So uh, so there's been a bit of a ongoing debate in our uh, in our WhatsApp group around whether you can back these wingers for the Clive Churchill. Traditionally, they haven't got it done. Pope, can Brian all do it for us this year? And who else are the big players in the market? Yeah, so let's start with the total argument because it's been a good debate in the thread, hasn't it? My all my argument against is he scored a hat trick last week and he wasn't in the top three players on the ground. So that I think that's an argument that he struggled to do it. I'd probably be out like the statsman statsman might be in the pro camp, so happy for him to probably take the other side. But the alternative is if it's not Cleary, who's winning the award for Penrith? And you could mean an argument is total, but I just think you need to do a lot right as a winger to win this award. And the preliminary final was a case in point for me why he probably can't. So I'd look elsewhere personally. Statsman, Statsman was uh, anti-Toa. I, I thought I, I was putting up the uh, the case that I don't think he um, will win it. But it, yeah, there was a good ABC article um, I sent through to the WhatsApp making the case that maybe you could. Um, it, would it be fair to say he's been second best and second in the in the medal uh, in the last two grand finals? Yeah, would be. It, it certainly, he's certainly been in top three, top four in both games, I'd say, yeah. Do they release votes publicly or is it just the winner? Just just the winner, yeah. Yeah, Australian selectors just and has one name out of the hat. Has performed well on the big stage in Origin games uh, too, Pope. I think he's um, maybe – I think we almost got him at odds a couple of years ago um, to win. I don't think we quite got him, but I think he might have been second best at about 50s as well in one of those games. Yeah, and he's got mannerisms that do attract the eye to Statsman's point with Norm Smith. He is prominent in whatever he does. He runs for 200 metres a game. He's involved in the action as a winger. Heads bouncing around, hair everywhere, scores a try to like. There's a narrative around him. I just think um, the price is a little bit under the odds for what he'd have to do to win it. Okay. All right. So, Pope, we're not having Toto. Who are we having for Clive Churchill? So, I'll start with Penrith. I couldn't talk you out of Cleary. At $3.30, he's had two best on grounds in this final series. That has him at probably 47% of the votes, and it might be slightly under. Can you back? 3.30, yeah, you can. But if you don't love it, then let's look elsewhere. So um, we go further down the list. And the two that probably stand out to me for Penrith, said this last week that I think, in a way, Cleary and Edwards would have to play really well, having won award the Clive Churchill in previous years. So it does open it up. James Fisher-Harris at $31. He was immense in the first half an hour last week against Melbourne. He... The argument against him, and I've mentioned this plenty of times, he doesn't play 80 minutes, but 
we saw in Origin that they probably changed the rules of engagement. It's not the same selectors, but on these big awards, maybe that's different. And he gets a lot of publicity. He's high impact when he is on the field. Um, he has a physical presence. I think at $31, it's a juicy price for him. Um, I'd be very interested in that. I think it's a little bit big for more likely having done the numbers, similar process to what Logical One and Statsman do, and I've got him a little bit shorter than that for the impact he has on that team. Yep, okay, nice one, Pope. So we're with the uh, the big bopper. And do they have a history of, of taking out the, the Clive Churchill Pope, the, the big no, boy? No, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> so they, there's, there's the argument against Yep. Okay. Well, mate, you've you've done the numbers, and that's what the numbers say. So we'll be we'll be guided by that. Um, anything else uh, in there, Pope, that might be just worth a sprinkle? Yeah, a position that does have history of winning is five eight. Jerome Lewis, thirty one dollars. I've generally been against him in big awards, but 30, 31 for the five eight of the favourite. I just think it's it's a big price. He's sort of saying he's. That's a 5% chance. And he was good last week coming back from injury. He does do things that catch the eye. There is a narrative from him, the courage he's had coming back from this injury. I think there's a few factors there that have that as a pretty big price for one of your playmakers in a team that's made four grand finals in a row. So yeah, I've got him, I just think it's a, it's a big price. I, I don't necessarily love him as a player and he's certainly not the most impactful player in that team. 31 though, I'm going to pay to find out. Yeah, okay, nice, Pope. I uh, really like that one. And anything else there? Uh, what about some Brisbane flavour to maybe round us out, Pope? Yep, don't need to look too far here. Reese Walsh, $6.50. That has him about 36% chance of Brisbane win it. I have him higher than that. I have him in the 40s, so six fifty. And also Reynolds at eight fifty. Again, I'd have him value. There's a little bit more of a narrative there. He's gone to Brisbane Turn them around largely, probably for his leadership um, and his management of games and just the experience he's brought. Played in grand final, it's clear two years ago. South lost it. If they win, the redemption behind that for Brisbane, I think that's going to be fairly heavy storyline. And if Brisbane are to win this game, Mug, they probably need to score 18, 20 points to do so. If they do that, Walsh and Reynolds will both be prominent. So... I think you could have a two-pronged strategy around those two and you're going to be in a pretty good position. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Love that, Pope. And um, and anything else that you want to throw at the listeners, Pope? Any totals or uh, anything like that or, or something you might want to back over? The only, the only other one, um, Mug, I'd probably there's a world where this Cameron should have, considering these teams scored 38 and 42 respectively last week, but there's a world where in the grand final, this is 10-6, 12-6. So under 19.5 points around that, I'd be tempted to play in that. If you're having a few beers Sunday night, I know that doesn't sound like the most enticing bet, but these games can be highly enjoyable, even if they are low scoring. So I think there is something where with Penrith's defence, this turns into a bit of a street fight. And Brisbane have shown defensively they're up to it, kept Melbourne nil in the first week of the finals. So... I can see a world where this is really low scoring. So a big old under, I don't think it's the worst play here, Mug. Yeah, okay. Love that, uh, Pope. So, uh, Pope, is that a wrap, mate? Is there anything more? <clears throat> Finito. Yep, Finito, okay. Mug.
Awesome, mate. Well, there's plenty uh, there to go back and uh, and have a listen to. Uh, I guess, boys, before we start to move to wrap up, we better get some charity bets. And, and we had a win on the weekend, lads, which was good. That was our best win for some time. So $113 um, profit from 250 wagered on the weekend. Uh, we had that bonus bet. Uh, well, when I say bonus bet, there's no bonus bets here, but uh, we had a an extra bet, I should say, um, for the Brownlow, and that got up with the JC Toby um uh multi and pope your 13 plus brisbane was a big contributor and we got the gw us modeler so um so we managed to um make some money and uh, now we're sitting around about 327 dollars coming into the last round so let's maybe um i think the afl one modeler is fairly straightforward in the sense we probably have to have something on the pies um, yep. but whether we want to have a full stake on that or, uh, or divide that one up, we can, uh, we can definitely have it, have a chat about that. And boys, where do we want to go on the NRL? Considering we're split mug at the mother and I, maybe we play in Churchill here. So for the purpose of this charity bet, I think if, um, if Modler's happy, maybe 50 on Cleary at $3.30. That ties in that Penrith angle on that side. Yep. Yep. And from Broncos, I think we go, let's go 25 on Reynolds at $8.50. Yep. And with the other 25, let's go finish the year with the bang. Let's go under 19 and a half total Ooh. points. I thought you were going to uh, put Walsh in there as well, but under 19 and a half total points. Uh, for- yeah, I just want a world where we win big. And if we go three Churchill players, we sort of, we're only at, at best going to get one of those. Betting against yourself. Yep. Uh, fair enough. And uh, so if we go, uh, we'll take 50 uh, on the pies, uh, Modda, at least. And, and I think we have to go some Norm Smith um, here, boys, uh, for our remaining 50. So maybe a 25 and a 25, or, or even if you want to go 10, 10, 10s. I mean, we've got some huge prices uh, there, Statsman, that we can play into. Um, but, mate, what, what what are you thinking? Well, what about if we went like 30 to go? We could go 10 crisp. Um... And maybe another 10. It's just picking which guy to give it on. Maybe Zorko. Zorko for the other 10. I like the Zorko play. I think that's uh, that's that's a good one. I really like that. Um, so let's go 30 to go eat, 10 on Crisp and 10 on Zorko for the Normie. I like the way that's playing out. We'll get 50. Are we going head-to-head, Modler, or are we... Um... Jeez. Uh, what's the line? Four and a half. Um... Is the grand final going to be... Uh... We're in for a treat if it's under five points, boys. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd take... be happy to go on that one. Happy to go. Oh, the... well, I don't know. I, this is this is a close game to me. I'd, I'd be taking the head-to-head for the for the 10-cent What's difference. The... All right. We'll go head-to-head. Uh, geez, you've talked talk us down. Uh, step. <laughs> we, we were cocko. We want the line. <laughs> But uh, all right, we'll go uh, head to head. Boys, I just wanted to say a big thank you to topsport.com.au. They have been a terrific partner of the Barefoot uh, Punter all year. And and this is the second year that we've had a direct affiliation um, with Tristan and the team. And they've really looked after us. And um, and I know I've, I've enjoyed working with those guys. And, and Tristan's a great fellow. He's always keen to support uh, anything that's 
promoting sport and um, and and betting in the right way. And I think Top Sport recognise that uh, you boys uh, that I'm looking at right here on the podcast definitely do that and represent the brand well. So a big thank you to topsport.com.au. We always say that they're the best and the fairest, and I, and I really think that's true. You know, they they have a great offering and offer a great service uh, to their customers. And I know we all bet with them and, um, and you know, uh, I know plenty of our listeners do. And and if you don't at the moment, get over there and give those guys a try because, uh, yeah, they're solid humans. So uh, just a big uh, shout out to Top Sport. And then, of course, a big shout out to you, fellas. This is the, the last one for the year. Uh, it always feels like a long year when we get to this point of the season. Um, but uh, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting all things uh, footy and betting uh, every Tuesday night for the last 31 weeks. Um, so stats man, mate, I know uh, you've had some uh, study and so forth, but it's always great when you pop in and, and give us your analysis um, on, uh, particularly on your breakdowns of the medals and Brownlow and all that sort of stuff, mate. It's been a highlight of the show. So thank you so much. Speaking Mark- of which, sorry, uh, Mark, I just remembered something we haven't gone over before we uh, continue with the, the thank yous, but I, I wanted to give an update for the listeners on uh, the Gary Ayers. Um, so sorry to cut you off there, but uh, the the Gary Ayers, uh, we're on Walsh um, pretty early and I've just found out they're not releasing uh, any votes this week. So we're not going to find out until after the grand final, but we're in a pretty good spot. I think Walsh was on 18, Tom Green was on 12, uh, McCluggage and Dugowie are likely on 10 each after the prelim. So whether Walsh can get a few votes, he got the most disposals. Um, we're going to find out later, but I think we're in a decent spot where that 50 to one could click. And with the most disposals, we've got Walsh and Tom Green dead heated. Uh, and I think Dugowie would have to get about 45 to beat them. And then we'd win on the Norm Smith. So uh, we should get a collect there as well. If anyone did tail those, um, so sorry to just tack that in there mid mid farewell speech, but uh, I did realize we hadn't recapped those. Nah, very very good, mate. And uh, I think that's just testament to some of the, the the work that you've done over the year on that stuff. How, how good it's been. So, mate, thank you uh, to the modeler, uh, mate. Thank you so much. I know you uh, you come in here every week and you you bring out your model, um, you know, which is I think it's world class. You know, your model is consistently spitting out big pots year on year and. Uh, I always say to the people that ask me about this podcast, I said, don't worry, don't sleep on the modler. Like you got to listen to that guy. He's a genius. And uh, mate, it's been absolutely fantastic to have your insight and uh, to, to hear what your world-class model is spitting out every week. So mate, thank you again for your commitment to the show. Um, and of course uh, to the Pope um, who, um, who brings everything NRL and uh, a bit of color as our co-host uh, as well. So, uh, so mate, thank you for all your uh, uh, fun and everything over the year. And mate, of course, your expert um, opinion uh, over the year, I know is well regarded um, by the listeners of this podcast. And uh, I often get mes- messages talking about the mother and the Pope um, about the NRL sharpness. So, so boys, uh, thank you very much. Mark, the biggest thank you goes to you. The three of us don't have to do too much on this show. You drive you drive the truck, you control everything, you're the captain, and you do a lot behind the scenes for this show, which is greatly appreciated. The three of us have a very easy job on Tuesday night coming here and talking a bit of rubbish for an hour. So thank you to you mainly. And just one for the listeners, if you're not on Twitter, at BarefootPunter1, it's certainly an X-thread worth following. If you go on there, even his most recent tweet tonight will give you a little bit of a taste of what you might get over summer. So it's a thread well worth being across for those listening. (laughs) 
Uh, very good, uh, Pope. Well, boys, I don't think we do the communal uh, sign-off uh, this year, Stats Ben. I'm not sure how well that went down last year. But I tell you what, I, I, I might sign the show off uh, tonight uh, for the first time all year. I'll say gamble responsibly, but more importantly, gamble to win.